What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NFL preview with NFL expert Ryan Elliott. And he's in studio, folks. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks, as always, to Wise Money Sports. Online, wisemoneysports.com. If you want to start betting smarter on the NFL... Well, they'll have games up there every Sunday. Check them out online, wisemoneysports.com, on Twitter at wisemoneysports. I don't know if you could distinguish my high-pitched shrieking at the beginning of the show. Ryan Elliott's in studio. We're excited to have him here. We're back, baby. We're back. We're back, man. It's been a few weeks. I think it was just because I took you to school a few weeks ago. You needed to let your bruises heal. I had know. to heal. I had to. I had to really get in and uh, do my homework. So, oh, Ryan, we're back. He, he's got three bets for today. Well, I guess three bets for the NFL this weekend. We'll go through a few more notable games after we do that. But uh, Ryan, we'll start off with your. Uh, do you have a best bet of the three, or just kind of three bets for this weekend? I, I got a. I got a best bet. Do you out, really? Out of these three. Yeah. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. one thing that I've stopped doing so much on on the show, just by myself, is giving the best bets, and I've just been coming with the overall bets because people put a lot into those best bets, which, look, if you have a bet that that does distinguish themselves as the best bet, great. But don't feel pressured to ever come in and force a best bet. If you ever have three games, four games, that's sure. fine. Yeah, and, yeah. But And to uh, a disclaimer, too, on, on best bets, when we're saying best bets, it doesn't mean, you know, unload your your bankroll on these bets. It's just one of our favorite bets of, of the week. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Always, bankroll management's the most important thing. It's funny, I see some people on Twitter post like, all right, folks, tonight we got a 75-unit play. A 20-unit whale. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you betting, $3 a unit to yeah. that $75 unit play? I mean, come on, man. So typically, you know, if I have a huge play, I'll put two, three units on it. Whatever units mean to you, distinguish what, what, what how much you want to put on these best bets. And as we always say, do your own homework. We, we like to get the handicap going here, kind of do a live handicap. That's what the NFL pod's all about. It's kind of This is kind of a unique, different podcast, right? The the uh, college football podcast, that's a lot of Will Chambers, the host of College Football Weekly, doing his handicaps, all bouncing back and forth. But this is kind of a collective. We dive into these games, see mainly what Ryan, the NFL expert, thinks of it, and uh, we go back and forth. So, Ryan, where do you want to start for this week's slate of games we're gonna start in houston and houston, it's, uh, my, it's, my champs my south <laughs> champs i know they're looking good except uh indy pulled off that win last weekend against well, them so i had indy last week did you listen to the pod i, I missed the pod i man. had indy minus one it was one of a my bets play. man great play see yeah. ryan that's the thing when we were on a team like houston we don't just know when to play on them yeah we know, know when, when to fade them, them. absolutely exactly. yep so here we're on Houston this week, and I'm leaning towards Houston. Right now, the current line, Houston minus seven against Oakland. Look, Oakland is closing a ridiculous stretch of road games. Since week two, they've been on the road. This trip is going to uh, accumulate over 21,000 miles of travel since week two. That's It's it's staggering. It's um probably uh, the biggest road trip uh NFL history, they've said, um, and and actually, even the scheduling committee came out and said they made a mistake with this, um, this scheduling really for for the Raiders. Yeah, how about that? Um, yeah. So a little quick side note here, guy. I hope I'm allowed to say this. Maybe we'll have to edit this part <laughs> out. My uncle works for. He actually heads up the division in the company that makes the schedules for the NHL and the NBA. 
Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, I didn't know so, that. I, yeah. That's I, all. I know. <laughs> I keep some of my inside yeah, right. info tucked yeah. in my pocket, yeah. Ryan. But, That's, uh, uh, but, uh, but, but I mean, I just go to town asking him all these questions. And the league puts, I would assume the same works in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The league puts in recommendations. So they want to say we have, we want to have minimal back-to-backs. We want to okay. have, uh, w- when a Florida team travels to play the Portland Trailblazers, let's try and have them play a couple teams in that region. Right. You often see this work itself out in other sports. The NFL's different. They play one game a week, and they travel back to their home stadium or their hometown in between every game. In the NFL, NHL, other sports, what you'll often see is teams string together road games and not even go back home. But in the NFL, it's not so much that they've been away from home for so long, they're ready to get back. It's simply the accumulation of miles going to wherever it is, then back home, then this game, then back home, this game, back home. Is this their fourth or fifth game in a row? Uh, this is their, since week two, eight. So yeah, they're... Sixth game. Sixth road game in yeah. a row. I, I can double check that yeah. for you here. But yeah, it, it, it's getting up there. And, and one of them, one of those games, obviously in London too. So that's obviously a big Yeah, uh, that's a ton of miles. Okay, yeah. all right, go on. So yeah, and I think, you know, that is a ton of miles. And it's going to eventually catch up to this team and, and fatigue them a bit. I think we saw that uh, last weekend in Green Bay where uh, they just couldn't keep up um, in the second half of that game. And I think uh, we got we have a Houston team coming off a, a really tough divisional loss. They're at home. I think they're really going to refocus here. And Houston's coming into this game with the number three passing offense in terms of success rate, going up against Oakland, who defensively ranks 28th in that category. Oakland also uh, is below average in adjusted sack rate, something that um, we've seen with Watson. He struggles when he's when he's pressured constantly. When he does when he has that time. To make his reads, uh, he has been exceptional. I think this will equate to a strong offensive showing for the Texans, uh, and, and I lean heavily with Houston here. Yeah, I, I actually lean Houston too. I, I'm getting close to liking Houston. You mentioned Oakland's bad defensive uh, uh, secondary. They're giving up a lot of yards in terms of passing yards, and um, they're giving up 6.3 yards per play. That's that's good for third worst in the NFL. So overall, not a very good defense. And I think that's something that really shows itself when you are so tired. I think the, the, the fatigue, the travel will catch up to affect this defense. But let's face it, this is a pretty good defense in terms of rushing, right? They only allow 3.6 yards an attempt on the ground. That's one of the best in the NFL. But that's not what uh, uh, Indy's going to do here. I think they're Houston, yeah. Houston, Houston, mm-hmm. he, uh, stuck on the Indy Houston yeah. game from last week. <laughs> That's not what Houston's going to do here. I, I believe that Houston tries to throw the football because they're going to notice this about Oakland. They get some tired legs. What's the spread on this game? I agree. Ryan? It's it's seven right now. I did see some six and a half. So if six and a half is out there, I I I like six and a half. Do you have your power ratings in front of you? I don't have them in front of me. Ryan, how do you come <laughs> to this and not bring your power ratings with you? Let's see. You should always have the power ratings. <laughs> I wish I had. I know some. I, I've I've got Oakland right around twenty one, Houston, I believe number ten. So it's here. Here, while Ryan's looking up the power ratings, I'll play a sound clip that Ryan brought in. Now, this sound clip has to do with the Atlanta Falcons before the season. Uh, Ryan was all over Atlanta, and and look, Ryan, oh my goodness, we're we're yeah. gonna go back and forth with some of these things because it's not it's not like I'm always right here, right? I'm just <laughs> in control of the buttons right now. But this is one at the beginning of the season. I thought Atlanta was going to be one of the worst teams in the South, if not dead last in the uh, NFC South. Mm-hmm. They are looking like that right now. Uh, it was one of our disagreements, but Ryan did bring this in uh, for me today. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. 
Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm feeling. If it makes right you now, feel man. any better, I played that in the reverse role for uh, Will Chambers and College. Oh, Williams. that's great. So okay. I've been dishing. Well, I've you been, know, yeah. You know, also on that note, Matt Ryan plummeted in QBR this weekend. And he's, he's down, hurt. He's down to 15. And he's and hurt. He's hurt. Um, I'm not yeah. going to play it again, Ryan. I'm you not looking good right there. there. So I have um, Houston right now is uh, two points better than an average team. Puts them at uh, number 11. And Oakland is three points worse than an average team. So Oakland. So that's a five-point difference. Mm-hmm. Oakland on the road. So Home field. So it's eight points. Yeah. So why is this not a like for you? My, my only concern is that Oakland has shown – the ability on offense to to move the ball down the field through the air and Houston is about an average team defensively in the air as far as success rate goes so if this is if this begins to uh, be a shootout I I am worried about that back door yeah Derek Carr that. does have a 100.2 mm-hmm. quarterback rating yeah, he's been he's been really great this season and here's another stat that, that that I think I agree with Ryan that it's it's close to a like but it's not Derek Carr has been sacked eight times this season you know how much? How many times Deshaun Watson has been sacked? Over thirty, right? Well, twenty-one. Twenty-one, but okay. that's good for second. Well, third in the league. Yeah. So he, they don't protect uh, uh, Watson very well. I mm-hmm. love Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. If you'll notice, I well, I, we're not going to talk too much fantasy. I dropped him actually <laughs> from uh, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, he's he's off the off the roster now. Oh my but goodness. Uh, uh, anyway, um, I, I I do agree. I think that. Oakland will have a disadvantage when they're defending uh, Houston passing the ball. I think this all comes down to how much does Houston choose to exploit that. I also like the fact that Houston lost last week yes, to Indianapolis. Yes, that's big. That's a huge one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big uh, uh, letdown loss, which means a lot of people always, I think, question, wait a minute, they lost. Why are you on them now? It all has to do with motivation in life, right? How do how do you all perform after a great week? It's Friday at 4.30. You just had a kick-ass week. Do you all really bust ass for the last half hour, or do you maybe get out of there a little bit early, right? I mean, I think most people maybe, hey, head head home, see the kids a little early. It's 4.30, you had a great week, right? Well, what if you had an awful week? You lost some sales, you didn't do well at all, and it's 4.30 on Friday. A lot of people may stay put in that extra half hour of work because of what led up to that sequence. So this is a very human thing. This is a very real thing. After a couple wins in a row, teams tend to let down. After a couple losses in a row or a big loss like last week in division, teams tend to overperform. You combine that with the fact Oakland's traveling, this is almost a like for me. Yeah, you make a good point there too. Also, I think as in terms of yardage last week um, in Green Bay, Oakland was right there. They, they both had a right around 480 yards, both teams, and yet they lost the game by over, you know, 15 points so I think that's a little bit of a letdown and if you look at these two teams before the beginning of the season no one thought Oakland was going to have you know three wins at this point in the season no way I think they're saying that Oakland is saying even though we just lost last week Mm -hmm. we're still way ahead of where exactly and and now they're they're ending this long stretch of traveling I think they want to get out early go home see the kids and Houston meanwhile this is a team that has playoff aspirations. They they believe that they should be in the playoffs, make a run. They coming off a loss. Yeah, I, I am leaning heavily to Houston here. All right, good stuff there. No disagreement from me. The over-under in that game, the over-under is 51.5 points. And if it wasn't so, what's the— uh, That's probably about right. Yeah, the average uh, over-under in the NFL is 44. 40. 
Uh, it's bumped up. 43, um, 44? 46 now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's from the last bump. two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 51 and a half, it's just high for me. I don't originate in the NFL. It's t- I don't love over-unders anyway. Yeah. But if I had to lean, I'd certainly go over here because I think Houston certainly... I guess let me put it this They'll way. get their points. When you're looking at floor or ceiling, what's the what's the expected outcome of any certain uh, event? I think that if you play this game a hundred times I think that you know maybe 20 or 30 of those times the majority let's say of Houston winning they could demoralize Oakland part of Oakland last week against Green Bay was just look there may be again a tired team last week you go by you go behind by a couple touchdowns on the road do you are you really going to fight back to 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 lose by 14 instead of 21 or 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 17 instead of 24 so on so forth Oakland could be in a great spot to kind of get have that let down to where if they do give up a couple touchdowns, they're more likely to give up more touchdowns. So this could actually be maybe a live bet opportunity to where if Houston is ahead, and this is something that I rarely say, that you wait for the favorite to score first, right? Usually when you're live betting, you're waiting for the underdog. I mean, it, it, that's kind of a good macro point, I guess, is when you are live betting, it's almost never advantageous to take the underdog, or excuse me, to take the favorite live. Because usually things go the favorite's way during the game and the line's going to go the other direction. So if you like Houston, normally I would say make the bet now. Because if they score early, it's just going to go up and up and up. But I think that it's kind of correlated. If Houston finds a way to score a couple touchdowns, let's say they're up 14-0, and the line would reflect maybe a 19.5, 20.5 point spread, I would then take Houston, but knowing they're going to break Oakland's will eventually through the course of 60 minutes, I think that's a good, accurate spread because Houston's going to quit, or excuse me, because Oakland's going to quit. I think so too. Um, Oakland's going to quit, and and Houston coming off that loss, I think there's um, there's motivation for margin as well. I think so too, and when we're, since we're talking over-under, Derek Carr has been very good. Oakland, as you said, uh, below average pass defense. So all that adds up to, I think, some points. And uh, I, I don't like taking minus seven and the over, anything like that. But I, I lean over and I, I, I strongly lean Houston minus seven. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next game. What do you got next? Philadelphia at Buffalo. Uh, right. right now I'm seeing Buffalo uh, right around minus two, minus one and a half in some spots as well. Um, you know, looking at this game, uh, I, I definitely lean Philadelphia here, but I'm going to tell you what, I have a like on the total in this game. The total right now, 43 and a half. Both teams run the ball well. Philadelphia ranks eighth in success rate when running the football. Buffalo ranks third. I think that these teams are going to want to establish a really strong run game and with more runs equals more time off the clock. Now, what about when these teams go to the air. Well, Philadelphia passing against one of the elite secondaries in the NFL without their most explosive receiver in Deshaun Jackson, Buffalo ranks third in defensive passing efficiency. The narrative for for Philly has been their defense against the pass and how it's struggled. Well, Philadelphia has been without three of their top corners for the past few weeks. Last weekend, they got Jalen Mills back and Ronald Darby as well. However, Ronald Darby dressed but did not play. He, oh, you want to know what I think what whenever do you think? I hear Ronald Darby? Is, Ronald McDonald? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> is in England, they always pronounce Derby mm. Darby. Yes. And so it's, now every time I hear Darby, I can't help but think of these Brits. Go, ah, they English Darby. English Darby. Anyway, go on. Oh, you're right, yeah. So, um, and the reason for that was because Darby, he wasn't a full participant last week leading up to 
Dallas this week, full participant in, in uh, practice. Uh, I expect him to be out on the field How, with Jalen Mills. So uh, I know you don't have a complete list of, of, of rankings, how much your guy's worth. Well, Why are you the, bringing up the these thing. guys? Here's the thing. These guys were out. So three of their top corners, That's a, those are cluster injuries. You want to define to the audience cluster injuries? Cluster injuries is when you are depleted in, in one area on the field. So here we're looking at the secondary. The three top cornerbacks were out. Of this yeah, game, yeah. So, so three injuries are always are not. Or we're just using three as a, a hypothetical number here. But injuries are not always created equal. If you have four injuries on a team and they're at right guard, receiver, cornerback, and linebacker, not near as big of a deal as if those four injuries are cornerback, 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 safety. Yep. And that's what we're seeing. here. And that's what we're seeing here. Yes, exactly. So. <clears throat> Jalen Mills, he's been out for a year. So, yeah, of course he's going to struggle his first game back against against Dallas, against Amari Cooper, one of the top receivers in the league. And I think they did a, uh, still did a fair job, um, you know, only allowing Dak Prescott to throw for 249 yards. I think we're going to really see this defense really come together. And they're facing Josh Allen, who right now ranks 29th in QBR. Buffalo does not have a passing game. They're going to want to run the ball and and Philly's going to want to run the ball. It's going to eat the clock. Explosive plays will be minimal in this matchup. And I like the under here. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm surprised that you landed on this game until I heard you say over under, because when I see Buffalo minus two, here's what I think. And let me know where I'm being square with this. I think Philadelphia is a really talented team. How can Buffalo's not that good on the road? That was my initial reaction. Okay, then you look up and see that Philadelphia has has injuries. Now I don't know how many are cluster injuries or whatnot, but I do know they're banged up. Have a lot of guys out. They did get Lane Johnson back this week. That's a huge addition to the offensive line. But Pittsburgh's been traveling. You mentioned Oakland's travels. Not that not not that comparable because Houston. Philly. Philly's been traveling for like two weeks, Oakland for almost a month. But still, this is the third road game in a row. Not a great situation for Philadelphia. And then you start to look at Buffalo. They're third in the league in yards per play, where Philly's about middle of the road. So if, Ryan, both teams slow it down like you're assuming they do, that to me has a huge advantage, Buffalo. Buffalo now becomes the better offensive team in this scenario. The only way Philadelphia is the better offensive team is we can see that when we can see that creativity, when they're probably playing at home, playing with a bit of an edge, they lose all of that this game. The fact that Buffalo is a two-point favorite, let's get your power rankings out again. Yeah. Um, God, they're on the phone. Can, right you pr- can you print them <clears throat> off for me next time? Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll print them out next time. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Here, let me. Let, here's what the audience is thinking right now. Let's get the power ratings out. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being hard on you today. You are, man. That's I all right. Know, it's okay. It's okay. So, so after uh, last week in Philadelphia, right now is um, one and a half points better than an average team, and where's and Buffalo, uh, about even. They're about even teams. One and a half. Wait a minute. <laughs> is this with all the injuries? This is with the injuries. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so we're waiting for we're waiting for, to see what we can get from Philadelphia when they when they get, become well, healthy. Hang on, then, Ryan. Hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna dig a little deeper here. And 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 Ryan and I we we handicap all the time. This isn't coming. Uh, this is coming across as crass or 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 aggressive then it shouldn't be <laughs> because we do folks. this all the time yeah. exactly but you're saying these are these teams are equal with all the injuries i would be willing to say that y- 
with all the guys that are out for, for the Eagles, you're bound to miss a half point here or there. But let's assume you're not. Let's assume that these are dead on and we're being conservative with this and, you're, and your rankings are exactly perfect. I still think Buffalo's underrated this year. I think Buffalo's a far better team. The reason why people have Buffalo lower than they should be, including you, in my opinion, is because their logo is because they're the Buffalo Bills, and it's Josh Allen, and we're still so hesitant to make them two or three points better than the average team. So let's, again, assume all those are correct, right? Everything I just said doesn't matter. They're both one and a half points better. Buffalo's home field is one of the best in the league. Ryan, Buffalo's home field has to be three and a half. I, I have it, it has at three. to be. I have it at three. Okay. I think. I think. So you let's could, just you say it's three. Case, you could make the case. No, three no, no. Now, we'll go three. We're we'll being yeah. conservative. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're tied in, in terms of power rankings. Buffalo's at home, and the spread's two. Now we have just played a game, a hypothetical game, and said everything that could have gone wrong for Buffalo, everything that could have gone right for Philly, and this is still minus three Buffalo. How were you not on Buffalo this game? And I t- think that, don't I think tell that me, last, Josh. If I hear you say Josh Allen, last I'm week go crazy. was a misrepresentation of Philadelphia. They they turned the ball over quick, two quick turnovers. Um, Dallas gets the ball in Philly territory. All of a sudden, it's fourteen nothing. The, the the dynamics of that game completely changed. But but you're I think you're confusing what we expect to see from the Philadelphia Eagles and what we should expect to see from this injured Philadelphia Eagles. It, because you're making like excuses. you said, Lane Johnson comes back. We get the corners back. This is this is now a different team. The the, the corners the, are back is, too. There is yes, the corners are back too. Now there is there is still an injury on the offensive line in uh, in Peters. What their tackle? He he is probable for the game. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, that, so if he's if he's in, this is a, almost a full healthy okay, right, okay. Philadelphia team. Okay, so you still have them one and a half. Why haven't you made the adjustment to upgrade them? Is it because that's fine if, I, you, if yeah. you just look? I, I, look, I, sometimes I, we get to that end point, and this is this is the great thing about this podcast, folks. Is Everyone listening in, this is all for you, the audience. Ryan and I don't discuss this before anything. You guys get the benefit of listening while we do this live. I love the live handicapping, and sometimes the the answer is, you know what? Maybe I need to make that adjustment, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and so, and, and so, this is how we get to those to those answers. And and I also want to say this: I largely work alone. The reason I do that is not from my desire to work alone. I would give anything. To handicap with a partner or a group of partners every day. The reason why I work alone is because I frankly don't trust anybody else. I mean, I hear national podcasts and I disagree with these guys. I'm yelling at guys who are on Fox Sports Radio doing, you know, you know, they're they're talking to 300 stations across the across the globe, and I'm yelling at them. It's very tough for me to find you know good handicappers who I work well with. I work very well with Ryan. We. He's a better NFL handicapper than me. I will give him that. Throughout the course of a season, if we were forced to pick five games a week, I know I would lose to Ryan. The reason I can beat Ryan on this podcast and the reason we get to things like these power ratings is because I get to look from the umbrella. I get to sit on the top level and just kind of see what the handicap is like and pick out the holes. But this isn't... Ryan doesn't leave this handicap going... Or this this podcast going, oh man, I should have upgraded here, I should have upgraded there. He's leaving going, hey, I'm glad we had this talk because I now upgraded them and it's making him money, it's making me, me money, and really, I guess that's the, the end-all be-all. 
folks in this industry, feelings don't matter. What, what, what you, I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to hurt Ryan's feelings over here, but feelings don't matter. None of that matters. What matters in this is how much money did you make at the end of NFL Sunday, right? That's what matters on this podcast to us, or I guess Monday if we're doing Monday Night Football. But at the end of the week of NFL, what does your bank account look like? That honestly is all I care about. It's all Ryan cares about. So these discussions, the power rankings, the, the, the past defense, the injuries, it's all meant to get to the, the truth, the nexus of what do these handicaps mean? What's the most important things in these games? And I think we just discovered that the, the problem here was your power ranking yeah. for, for Philadelphia. Yes, yes. So you they, adjust they Philadelphia. Be, we adjust Philadelphia. I think <clears throat> then it, it gets the line closer to being accurate here. And also, Tyler, I don't know if we really know how good or bad Buffalo is. They, but, but Ryan, do we not fo- know that because of the Buffalo Bills? Football Outsiders has their strength of schedule ranked thirty first right now. Do they really? Yes, their their future. They what's I actually awesome have about that football pulled, I have that perfect. pulled up right now. What's awesome about them too is they do a strength of schedule of their past, and then they do a future. So their future is still twenty two. So it's still not great. They they have an easy easy schedule. It looks like, and so I think this this the only team that they've really played. You know, good elite athletes is is New England. You know, and and they covered that game. It was in Buffalo, yes. But they know New England. They see them. You know, two two times a year. And this is a Philly team. They they're not. They don't know as well. So just, I, I, I think just, that could add to to Philly. I want you to do something for me. I want you to be willing to downgrade Philly if we see a bad performance. Because here's the here's the typical sharp response. Well, Philadelphia, three games in a row on the road. Buffalo, tough atmosphere. I'm not going to downgrade Philly because, look, they went to Buffalo. It was a, a another road game. I don't want to hear that. After this discussion, if they still underperform against Buffalo, I want you coming in here next week with at least a half-point downgrade. For Absolutely, that. yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'll make that deal. All right, man. You got anything else for that game? No, I like it. All right, what do you got? To, what do you got to last? Last game for Ryan here. Uh, my last game. My my favorite bet of the weekend. It's uh, Denver at Indianapolis. All right. Indianapolis right now laying five and a half at home. I like Indy here. And here's why. Statistically, Denver has one of the top five defenses this season. On paper, Denver Denver is a competitive team. They, they have lost a couple close games, blown some late leads. If the ball bounces their way, we're talking about this team as, as one of the surprise teams of the season. Instead, we're approaching the trade deadline. And what's Denver doing? They are selling. This is a Denver team looking to build for the future. We are going to see a drop-off in effort defensively from Denver. We saw that last year when their playoff hopes were shattered. The Broncos are struggling offensively. They're only scoring 16 points per game. Sanders was their most explosive offensive player. Colts are coming in this game. They're ranked ninth in offensive efficiency. Jacoby Brissett has quietly excelled. He's... 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Along with Brissett's efficient play, Indy is getting 4.2 yards per carry on the ground, a balanced offense, a young team who is highly motivated to prove they do not need Andrew Luck at the helm of this offense. Indy, 4-1-1 against the spread this season. They're beating expectations. I think there is a motivational edge not accounted for in this number and therefore value on the Colts. Give me Indy. Oh, Ryan, 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 Ryan. You want to know the first thing, the first sound drop I thought when I heard you say you're going Indy? Because, by the way, if we're talking best bets and favorite bets, 
One of my favorite bets this weekend is the Denver Broncos. Ryan, you get into trouble when you venture (laughs) in these waters. And let me hear. Here we are again. First of all, I mentioned the sound clip that I first thought when I heard you say Indy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ryan. And then here's the second sound clip I thought of when you mentioned that. Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? Let me go through a few things here, let you know why you're on the wrong side, Ryan. Denver's had 10 days off. To, and we're going to start least to most. We're going to end with the most important stuff. Denver's had 10 days off. Anytime teams have more than a week off, it's always advantageous. You want to know the against the spread record the against the spread record last three years when teams have had more than 10, uh, 10 days off? Let's hear it. Seven, three, and two. Okay, very advantageous when the in the NFL you have extra days off. Ryan also mentioned a bit of a letdown for the Broncos. I see the exact opposite. And folks, honestly, my best strength in handicapping is the sociological part of it. I know a lot of you out there like to focus on the data, the numbers, the road games, the matchups. I'm great going in the locker room, seeing how teams are feeling. Here's where everybody is so wrong about the Broncos right now. The Broncos are selling. The Broncos are one of the teams in the NFL who are getting rid of players. Normally, in in professional sports, that's a bad sign. You get letdowns. You get people who don't show up. But typically, if you look at teams, and I went back the last three or four years and looked at teams who were selling early at the deadline, these were perennial losers, teams who had a ton of young, young talent, and the third most important fact, coaches who have been there for a long time. Vic Fangio, brand new coach for the Broncos. He's fighting for his job right now. He knows if he loses this game, his his ass may be on the line. And I also want to ask you something, Ryan. If at work, I'm going to put you in a situation right now, okay? You're at work, and let's assume you like your job. (laughs) Because I know there are a lot of people out there who you, you may not think this way because you don't love your job. But I think we can all assume that NFL players like their jobs. They want to be there, right? It's not like it's not like working at the bank or where, you know sure, you're not yeah. selling batteries. You know, just <laughs> just dying to get home. You like your job, okay? So so let's assume you love your job, and you hear, oh no, you know we maybe I don't know if we're selling. I don't know if someone's going to buy us out. But I do know they've been making cuts across the board, right? You go home that that night to your wife, okay? And you say, so boss says we're making cuts across the board. Do you show up the next day or the next week and half-ass it and say, well, they're making cuts, so what? Maybe you do that if you have a job you don't like, right? Maybe you do that if you're working selling batteries, right? And for all those selling batteries, (laughs) I love Battery Plus. I go there all the time because my watch is terrible. I always need a new battery. That's not the point. The point is, when you have a job that you like and you hear that everyone else around you is getting is getting fired, you now want to raise your elevation because what it becomes is a tryout. It becomes, okay, we're now going to see who really wants to play. We're going to see who's really going to bust ass. Everybody else, you you see Emmanuel Sanders? Bye-bye. By the way, he's a rental now in San Francisco. Maybe better this year. Who knows what's going to happen next year? Everyone now, the hair on their back, uh, on the back of their neck is standing up. 
They all want... Chris Harris Jr. came out this week. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Guess what he said? I want to stay in Denver. I want to be a part of this team. He, he, was, he was motivated. This team is coming out with a real, I think, motivation. Not as a team necessarily, but individually. And what does individual motivation add up to be? Well, now we're fighting as a team. On top of that, Vic Fangio, first-year head coach. If this were a head coach that had been here for five, six years, maybe I could see the the, the, the downslide, the, the, the kind of downfall. No way. Vic Fangio is going to give 1,000% effort. Every coach on this staff is going to give 1,000% effort. Every young and old player on this team, including Vaughn Miller, is going to give 1,000% effort. This whole idea of, well, you know, it's Denver. They've been good. They're not going to try. Bullshit. This whole idea of, well, Denver sold Emmanuel Sanders, therefore everyone else. That's the opposite. It's the, Ryan, instead of going into a negative, instead of saying, well, they're selling, who cares, my job's on the line anyway. The Broncos are one of the proudest organizations in pro football. They know with John Elway at the helm, even though maybe it's misguided at this point because we know how how, yeah. how average John Elway is, they're still thinking this team can be right back in it, in it in a year or two, and it's up to these younger guys to prove how good they are. I still think we get a max effort from the Broncos, and you if you look at a couple injuries the Broncos have, Emmanuel Sanders out, that's not a bad thing. The Broncos, if anything, we've seen a deep receiving core, an offense, by the way, who who has done much better than the numbers show, I will say that Denver is the best bad team the last 10 years in the NFL. And that is a huge sample size. There's a lot of people out there laughing at me, saying, you idiot. My Twitter is at Tyler Walgy. <laughs> bet me on it, folks. Find me and bet me. Because the Broncos are going to show up this week. And I don't love the Broncos. I'm fading the Broncos more than anybody. I'm the first person off the Broncos train. But the Broncos are going to show up this week. Max motivation. But honestly, the motivation is only part of the handicap. Ryan, I want to play a quick game with you. And I think that you probably know where this is going to go. But why don't you get a little pen here and jot down some of these numbers for me, okay? We're going to go quarterback one and quarterback two. Do some evaluations, okay? Okay. Quarterback one, yards per completion, which for the wise guys, you know this, one, one of the most one. important stats. Quarterback one, 5.3 yards per completion. And this is not yards per attempt. This is yards they're completing, folks. Anyone could just huck it down the field. My sister could go play for the Patriots and just throw it 20 yards every play but not compete anything. This is how many yards they're completing passes. Quarterback one, 5.3. Quarterback two, 4.5. Pass yards, quarterback one, 1648, quarterback two, 1388. Completion percentage, quarterback one, 65.7, quarterback two, 64.5. Expe- All right, now this stat's big. I want to kind of preface it. I talked about it last week with uh, Russell Wilson. This stat is very deep. It's analytical. It's one of the few kind of sabermetric stats in the NFL. It takes your expected completion percentage and your true completion percentage. And this is so detailed. It has to do with how many yards the receivers have separation, where the quarterback is on the field. Are we close to the sideline or not? What defense, uh, what defensive play call was the defense in? So the expected differential quarterback, number one, negative 0.4 quarterback, number two, negative 1.4. Time to throw. Actually, we'll save that one for the end. Uh, Pass attempts. Quarterback one, 230. Quarterback two, 206. Yards per attempt. Now, this is going past the box score like we said earlier. How far are they throwing the football, right? Quarterback one, 7.2. 
quarterback two, 6.7. And the last stat, because I think if you look at your numbers right now, quarterback one is pretty much dominating every stat, right? Time to throw. Quarterback one has 2.59 seconds on average. Quarterback two has 2.84 seconds. A lot more time. And you may say, well, that's only half a second, folks. A half a second for a quarterback, that'll make you Tom Brady or Brock Osweiler. That's the difference. You want to guess who those two quarterbacks are? Flacco, number one. Absolutely. And Jacoby Brissett, number two. Yep. Okay? This whole idea that the Broncos' offense is antiquated, the Broncos' offense can't do anything, that's nonsense. What's happened this year is we're getting tricked by the results. The Broncos have had, and this is not your uh, uh, system, Ryan, this is teamrankings.com, the Broncos have had the ninth toughest schedule in the entire league. Okay, the Broncos, and and just to match that up, um, Indianapolis is about average, 16th. Okay, The Broncos have played difficult teams, gotten very, very unadvantageous results in some very close games. And so, to me, this is the one NFL handicap that comes down to motivation. And if you think the Broncos are going to quit, you bet on Indy. If you think the Broncos are going to show up, there's nothing telling me. What I've heard a lot of, of sharp guys say is, the Broncos are worse than their stats. Uh, no, again, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I laugh at that. I do too. The Broncos are not worse than their stats. The Broncos are the best bad team in the league. These stats are false. And I, I'll admit it. I watch the Broncos. I, I, I kind of, I'm around Broncos fans, but you know what that makes me do? That makes me go the other way. I never am a Broncos pro supporter. When I'm on the Broncos, you better know I'm serious. The Broncos, by the way, yards per play, defensively, one of the better teams in the league. They're giving up 5.1, or excuse me, five, exactly five yards per play allowed. Again, let me repeat that, Ryan. The Broncos are giving up five yards per play allowed, good for top 10 in the league. You know what Indy's giving up per play? I'm going to guess six. 6.2 yards. One of the worst teams in the league. Offensively, Indianapolis gaining 5.3 yards of play. Denver, 5.1. This is the same offense, Ryan. But, but, if you narrow Denver down to a way, because you may say, well, most teams get worse when they go on the road. Uh Uh-uh. Wrong for the Broncos. Denver's averaging 5.1 yards per play. They go on the road. That goes up to 5.5 yards per play. They're better on the road. They're going to run the football. And they're going to keep this a close game also. Also, I just keep going over the top. But wait, folks, there's more. Indianapolis has won two games in a row. And those two games were huge games. We talked earlier in the handy era in this podcast about sometimes you take your foot off the gas after a couple big wins. Well, do you get any bigger than beating Kansas City on Monday night football, then turning around on a short week and beating division rival Houston as an underdog? They had a bye. They had a bye. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then bye, and then you turn around after a bye week, thank you, yep. and, and and beat division or, and beat Houston, uh, a division rival, as, a, as an underdog, okay? Those are two big wins in a row. And Ryan, the bye week doesn't mess with my handicap at all because what they're thinking is the mental aspect. It's, the, again, the sure. sociological aspect. We've won two in a row. We're right now driver's seat in the division. We're looking good, feeling good. Denver's coming to town? That's what Indianapolis is thinking. Meanwhile, the Broncos, everyone's fighting for their fucking lives. Everyone is just scrapping and clawing for their jobs right now, as well as the head coach. I w- this wouldn't be a best bet for me. If Vic Fangio weren't a first-year head coach, everyone is going to be fighting for the Broncos. They may win this game. Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? 
and I'll give you a chance. Yeah, you you make a great point, Vic Vangio, first year head coach. I do, I do think that um, that makes a difference because because he's also fighting for his job as well. He's clawing. He wants to prove something. Historically, though, this has not been a good spot for Denver. Uh, in oh, playing in, playing in Indy, they are three and seven against the spread. Ryan. Since 2016, as a road dog, they are five and ten against the spread. So we we talk about you know, uh, you know, so social. I can't even talk right now. Sociologically, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Uh, it, they're not good in that spot. They're not good as a road dog. So we'll see. I think that, you but know, those stats you know, are incorporated. You know, your, your handicap makes me look to the total here, because if the, if Denver is bringing a max effort, I don't think that Indy's not bringing a max effort. Indy is a young team. This this team is highly motivated. They they have young players who are who are pushing for their job as well. I look that if both teams are bringing a max effort, I understand that Indy has struggled defensively. You have to look too, though. Darius Leonard has was out uh, uh, for about three weeks. They got him back last week. Darius Leonard is a young, talented middle linebacker. When you lose your middle linebacker. That certainly changes the dynamic of your defense, uh, Brian. So with him, with him back, and 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 the reason I know, I know Flacco's got good stats. I get that. I see the stats. Denver's got good stats. I like, I like Philip Lindsay. The guy's explosive. But I think if but both that has teams nothing are, to do with my handicap. But if both teams are bringing a max effort, that means defense is happening. Okay. Let, let, let me happening. stop you on ninety-five things you just said and tell you why you're wrong here. First of all. Did I hear you say losing the middle linebacker is more important than any other position on the field? Or, or, or some defensively, other Defensively. This isn't high it's school the quarter, football, it's Ryan. It's the quarterback of the defense. No, I completely disagree with that. It's not It's not that big of a deal. I don't Whoa. give. I don't even oh, give a no. half-point downgrade for that. I don't give a half-point downgrade. Look at the Jets and C.J. Mosley when okay. he was out. The other thing, you're, you're saying that they're... You said two things. You said they have high motivation in Indy, and they're both fighting for their jobs in Indy. I disagree with both that. I just said they beat Kansas City and Houston. Therefore, there's bound to be a letdown against a bad Denver team. This let, is the classic game where you let don't me get correct motivation. myself there. Let me correct myself there. Two big wins with young players that that's they're not going to want to let down. They they're going to be motivated by that and, and want to continue their success. I don't doubt the guys on Indy want to continue their success. Like in my analogy, everyone who had a good week of work at 4.30, they don't not want to continue their success. We're not talking about wants. We're talking about human nature. So, and that's that's a key to handicapping is a lot of times people get, and look, we're going to figure out what happens. Right? I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking right now like I've won the game. But a lot of times what happens is people get stuck in this, well, they're young, they'll fight. <laughs> That's not true. Not from what I've seen. Not from what I've handicapped in in in, in dozens of sport, you know, sports. From football to basketball to baseball to hockey to soccer to, to golf to tennis, the individual sports, you still see that letdown after so much success. You're telling me that that if Novak Djokovic won two majors in a row, he didn't want that third one just as much. But if it's in the same calendar year, he knows in the back of his mind, I've got two majors in one year, right? He might may not performing the same at the French Open, right? So I don't care whether how much you want it. That's not that's not the discussion. The discussion is human nature. What are you bound to do after a couple big wins? And it's not that they don't want to win. It's what they're saying in the locker room or they're saying to their girlfriends or wives. It's, hey, look at us. We're going to win the AFC South here. Who, who are you playing this weekend? Uh, Denver. You want to get some dinner after the game? We're going to beat them by 30. That's the mindset sure. right now, especially with young people. Well, if there's so if, the, if there is a letdown... Then it's going to happen offensively, right? I think, 
I think the effort will be there defensively too. So I, that's what I'm saying. I but think the I effort like, defensively. I, I they, the they've given under. up 6.2 yards per play. That's one of the worst in the NFL. Sure. So even if they are motivated defensively, I know you don't think middle linebacker matters at all. Apparently, but <laughs> I think it does matter. Look, I, I, you just said that middle linebacker. It's middle. I'm like, come on, Ryan. It's not that big of a deal. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. And maybe that is a point where. I'm overlooking, and you are correct, but everything involved, the quarterbacks, the offenses, the yards per play, Denver's had 10 days off to prepare, Indianapolis, big, big win last week against Houston, Vic Fangio, the motivation of this entire team, because look, it's not just the offense, it's the defense, they're going, no, oh, they're talking in the building, oh, they're getting rid of Emmanuel Sanders, oh, well, we're, and Ryan, I think that's something we all forget, Chris Harris Jr., let's just use him as an example. One of the best cornerbacks in the league. He is the number one cornerback for the Denver Broncos. Could be a key trade piece. Yep. Okay. Now, a lot of squares will say, hey, you don't want to be on the Broncos. They're not a winning team. He wants to go to a contender. You know what Chris Harris said this week in his interview? I want to keep my kids in their school. That, Ryan, is what matters to these guys. They've found doctors. Look, they've found schools for their I kids. I love They're Chris co- Harris Jr. Well, but, 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 I want him to stay in Denver, Okay, okay too. but, 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 but let, 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 let's expand upon that, okay? And not talk about just Chris Harris Jr. and say, these players in general, it's not about always playing for a contender. You occasionally hear about a, a Larry Fitzgerald or maybe even an Emmanuel Sanders who they're wrapping up their career, they want to play for a contender, so on and so forth. That's fine. That's not the issue here. What we're dealing with here is people just being shipped off because you're, you're getting worse and worse, and you're just going to go to another city. And these guys have cemented themselves in Denver. Again, they found schools for their kids. They found dentists and doctors, and they've got a house. They now have to uproot their family and move to a new place. They, if you have kids, which a lot of these players have kids who are you know in between 7 and 14 or so, that's like the prime age of... Dad, do I have to make new oh, friends? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do I, I wouldn't want to do that. Exactly, man. So it's not just about, hey, they're selling, no one's going to try. Ryan, this is where everyone tries harder. Sure. And, you know, I think it comes down to maybe, I, I, I'd have to, I want to go back and look this up too, because I want to see how Von Miller performed. You know, after, I, I keep thinking of the the Cleveland game last year in Denver, and that was that was kind of the final straw for Denver. So I want to see where if if Von Miller dropped off there, where was the, where, if if his effort was there? Because well, if, if his effort isn't there Sunday, Indy. And here's the thing: is I I love where you're coming from with that, but what you're talking about is very complex. You have to watch the game, and yeah. you have to not only watch the game, have a complex opinion about what Von Miller's doing in the game, and be able to dictate: is he trying? Is he not trying? I find it very difficult, and this is what a lot of people do with Von this season, to try and say. This defensive player is having a down year. I don't believe in down years for defensive players. I believe in down years for defensive schemes, okay? If, let's use last week, Aaron Rodgers. He had 75% of his offense out. What did he do? Because he's a quarterback. He dictates his own stats. It's up to him. It's his responsibility, if you will, to have a good game, put good stats out there. It's not Von Miller's responsibility. If if they drop him back into coverage 50% of the snaps, we shouldn't look at that box score and go, well, Vaughn didn't get any sacks. It's like that's more of a defensive strategy type of thing. So I don't think Von Miller's numbers this year reflect motivation. I think the numbers reflect Vic Fangio thinking he could bring in this antiquated system, which he will be quick to reverse. Everything I say just keeps getting me on the Broncos, Ryan. <laughs> but I'll say this, folks: we'll next have to week, let it play out. next week, we're gonna play this. One of us is gonna get this next week. <laughs> Man. 
You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> and we don't know who it's going to be yet, you know, but uh, that, that's the beauty of this entire thing. So, Ryan, you got, uh, obviously, that was your last your yeah. last bet of the uh, the weekend. You got any other ones you want to hit on? or You know, um, I, I, I it, do. It, I can go through a couple main ones. Sure, sure. I was going to throw out uh, real quick uh, the game in Kansas City, uh, Sunday night. Green oh, Bay, Green I'm, Bay at Kansas City. I'm glad you did that. Okay, yeah. so do you have your power rankings with you? Yep. Let's get these out right now and jot some of these down. So, again, Kansas City. Oh, I've been driving down <laughs> Kansas City. Uh, Green Bay on the road at Kansas City. So, and, and all right, so with, with, with Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Kansas City, four and a half points. Better than an average team. Okay. Green Bay, two and a half. So Kansas City's two points better. Yep. Uh, Arrowhead is worth four points. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, four four points. Mm-hmm. So they should be six point favorites. Six point favorites. That's with Mahomes. Yeah. How good is Mahomes? What's he worth? Uh, I'd say he's seven points, which is which is so he's worth one a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Green Bay should be minus one on the road. Green Bay is minus four. What the hell yeah. are you doing? Not loving Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's it's actually gone. It's it's gone down. I've I've. Is it still four? So what, what, what Ryan is for on Bavada, <laughs> it's four minus 120. What Ryan's saying here is, I did my prep a few days ago. Holy shit, this line's moved. Yeah. Maybe I like this. And here's, let me give my quick cap, and mm-hmm. then you can uh, expand upon it. Yeah. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is injured. Yes, that's what everyone's talking about. But let's just get into the, into the minds of the squares right now, okay? The squares are approaching this game saying this. Oh, did you see Green Bay last week? Man, they killed Aaron Rodgers. He's so good. Green Bay's going to win the NFC. And Kansas City? Man, that Patrick Mahomes is out. Who? What's his quarterback's name? I don't know. Who cares? Give me Green Bay. That's the typical handicap for this game. What I see is a Kansas City offense that last week when Patrick Mahomes went, got hurt, uh, they didn't miss a stride. And can we keep in mind that Denver is still giving up, if I can pull this up, Five yards of play, which is good for top 10 in the NFL. This is not a bad defense that Kansas City exploited last week. That's a great Kansas City offense. And even more, that's the big dude who loves donuts and a coffee on Saturday morning, Andy Reid. Andy Reid doesn't get near the credit. And maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But if I were to ask everyone listening right now in their car to rank Andy Reid... I doubt many would have him in the top five. What do you think? Am I, I, I wrong? have him top five. Uh, oh, of course, well, but you yeah, know what the hell I, you're yes, doing. Yes, yeah, I try. Right. Uh, why we have who, you on the show? Who, who would who would the who would the Joe say? Uh, Bill Belichick. They'd say Belichick. They'd probably say Doug Marone. They'd say would Mike. They'd say Doug Marone. Yes, they would because Philly won. I promise. Oh, Doug you. Peterson. Doug Peterson. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sorry. Doug Jackson. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Okay. Yeah, Peterson. Okay, they would say. Uh, they would say uh, Kyle McVay. Shanahan. McVay. Yeah, yeah. Those are the guys the squares would say. Yeah, I got. I got read number three. Andrew Reid is. I have him. I, I don't have rankings. Yeah, but off I, the top of my head, I would put him behind Belichick. Yeah. I mean, how can That's you put fair. him behind yeah. Bell? Oh uh, uh, yeah. You, anyone, you can't put him ahead, Bill. Yeah. Andy Reid. If anything, has been hampered. What we all do is go back and look at Donovan McNabb and and, and uh uh what was that, that kid's name uh, who heard, broke his leg? Um, uh, Smith. Uh, oh oh um uh, Alex Smith. Alex yeah. Smith. Yeah. He's been hampered yeah. by quarterbacks his entire career. The reason the Chiefs traded up in the draft to get Mahomes was because. Andy Reid getting Mahomes is like a kid who's always driven around a, a broken down car <laughs> buying a Tesla, and yeah. he has not. Oh, yeah. no, 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 we have an opportunity to buy a Tesla. <laughs> All right, what do we got to do? Let's get it. Let's get him over here. Let's get him over here. 
That's why they did that. Yeah. Andy Reid is a great coach. And so now the Mahomes may be gone this weekend. And by the way, that's a maybe. He's practicing. I saw that. Yeah. Let, let's yeah, ass- so, let's so assume he's out, though. Let's do okay. this whole handicap assuming he's, he's out. out. Mm-hmm. Folks, if he's playing, fuck, Whoa. buy Kansas City <laughs> now and cash yeah. that ticket. Okay. Yeah. But if he's not playing, like we're assuming, you you could free roll. You could. It's you a could, free roll, exactly, yeah. because mm-hmm. they, the the power ratings say you still got two points to work with. If 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 any quarterback, which I don't even know the guy's name who came in last week, Matt Moore, but Matt Moore, mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty decent quarterback. It is. Backup. It is. I didn't know who they had. I saw as a backup. I saw a stat today too. Matt Moore, sixty four percent against the spread. And, okay, good stat. <laughs> and keep in mind, last week when you saw Matt Moore look so good in prime time, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was without a week of preparation. Whether they know, whether we know as fans and media who's going to play, they know in the building who's going to play. So if it is Matt Moore, I guarantee you Andy Reid is doing everything possible to get Matt Moore the correct reps, the correct film study, whatever it is to get him ready. Now, I'm not saying Kansas City is going to come out and put up 41 like they would before, but this underrated defense at home, combined with the fact that I think, Ryan, Green Bay is a little overrated, to be honest, this line is terrible. I like Kansas City plus the four points. I'm betting Kansas City plus the four points. I'm on it. I'm with you there. And and, and you nailed it, too. I think underrated Kansas City defense. Like We, we think Kansas City the last couple of years defensively has been terrible and and they kind of showed it in in some some aspects this season but what i was impressed with was the last how how have they done recently well they played against indianapolis who i stated earlier is the ninth ranked um offense in efficiency yeah they they held them to uh 19 points okay can i I don't want to interrupt yeah you. you're fine yeah go go for it okay what i was going to throw out there and it's just adding to our point ryan green bay when you think Green Bay, what do you, do you think? Oh, those great running backs. Hey, Green Bay, they're going to get it in your home field. They're going to just run the ball down your throat. <clears throat> you think Aaron Rodgers. You think last week, great, great, great performance last week. By the way, they're still banged up on the outside. But you think passing game. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, one of the best passing performing, performing teams this year in the league. And I would give some credit to Matt LaFleur. He's done a good job this year implementing a system, getting Green Bay to work. But you look at the stats... And uh, defensively, Kansas City, the fourth best team. No, 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 I want to quantify this. Football outsiders. This isn't just like a normal defensive stat. This is an advanced analytic, which I love to do for football because you don't hear too much that. You hear passing yards per game, yards Mm -hmm. per play. I like the advanced analytics. This is called Defensive Dave. Okay, you know that? Oh, I, I know Dave, yep. Mm-hmm. That's a very mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. indication of how defenses are. It takes in a lot of different factors. The number three efficient defense in the league, or excuse me, the number four efficient defense in the league behind New England, San Francisco, and Carolina is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's huge. So we talk about this underrated defense. No one talks about them as the third best defense in the league or a top five defense. At home, Arrowhead, huge. maybe this season, or... or and here's the thing too, Ryan, is we forget how good Arrowhead is as a home field when Patrick Mahomes is hurt because that becomes the headline. No one can look past the great Mahomes being hurt and get into these other factors of the handicap. That that clouds everybody's judgment. The fact that this is four to me is ridiculous. I don't even do power ratings. Yeah, no, I'm right. I'm right there with you. And you know, you're mentioning home field advantage. Well, let's let's flip it. Look at Green Bay. They have a phenomenal home field advantage too. But part of that home field advantage is because of the way they play on the road. They're not a great road team. Right. 
Aaron Rodgers struggles on the road. And, and that's actually a very good point Ryan brings up and something we want to qual- or, or, or clarify to all of you listening is that when we talk about home teams, road teams, it's never in a vacuum. It's always, well, how good do they do on the road compared to how good they do at home? That's why the Saints are so good on the road because the, the Superdome is such a home field advantage and they outperform so much in New Orleans that they go on the road. And I think people actually undersell the Saints. They go, oh, the Saints are so bad on the road. No, wrong again. The Saints are just so much better than everyone else at home that they're average on the road, right? So for this, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're so great at Arrowhead Stadium I, I, I don't get this line. I don't love this line. But here's the thing. is When you don't understand a line and you can't explain it, don't bet it. right? If you can't say the why the books are doing a certain thing, walk away. We know why this is. Patrick Mahomes is hurt, and this is clearly an over-adjustment. They're playing at home against an overrated team. This has become a strong like for me. Give me Kansas City plus four at home. On it. All right, Ryan. Uh, one more game I want to get to here. Cleveland at New England. The New England <laughs> Patriots. Hello, bad Patriot, Pope. Uh, Patriots minus 13. I'm seeing a little bit of juice towards Cleveland here, so it's inching towards mm-hmm. 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. But 13 for New England, over under 45 and a half. Do you have a lean? Do you have a, anything for this game? Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I, I was leaning Cleveland, uh, except Jarvis Landry, I don't know if you saw this, came out today <laughs> in, in a press conference He's and said— He's not complaining about— No, he said, we're going to go, we're going to win. <laughs> I know this is. The, I used to have a rule: don't play a sound drop three times in one show. But I'm gonna break that right now. <laughs> do you know what that? Do you know what that laugh is from? What is that from? It's from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, it's, okay, when they're on the mountain, the mountain episode where they're skiing. Have you ever seen that? Yes, one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're challenging and then they oh, ski yes. off. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Charlie. That's right. It's like it, yeah. they're doing like the whole like '80s kind of yeah, deal. Exactly, yes, exactly, yes. Exactly, okay. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I uh, yeah. Where, so, where, so I, so I saw that. So so Jarvis Landry comes out. Says, oh, there we go. And then and then like moments later, uh, his his agent, you know, he said, well, just to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, he said they their their goal is to come in to, to New England and win the game. Good so, um, but yeah, initially I leaned I leaned Cleveland. I think I think defensively they're they're also underrated. Uh, they can, yeah, you know, New England. New England's been a weird team. Well, they've had the the easiest schedule in the league. They so have far. had the easiest schedule, and and the reason, I mean, they're they're winning games against the spread. Their their spread against the spread margin is the best in the league, and it's it's weird because like you watch them and it's a close game, close game, and then they kind of just pull away. Yeah. They do their New England fashion. So, it, my 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 worry is Baker Mayfield here. You know he's 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 the X factor. He it's it's either boom or bust with him in this game. To me, it's very similar to the what game we were saying earlier where they could quit. What what handicap was that? Where they where they could fold my oh, li- Oakland, my live Oakland. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. Similar to that, I think that the Cleveland Browns are a team like that. To where the reason, by the way, the NFL. If you look at against the spread margin, Cleveland is the worst this year because when they lose games, they give up. When yeah. they're when they're beating high teams, variance teams. Yeah, when mm-hmm. they, exactly when they're losing. Uh, games they give up when they're beating teams they want to rub it in it's kind of like the the bully that was never that strong and he would pick on the weak kids right whenever he'd get a weak kid he'd just beat the hell out of him and whenever he finds someone stronger than him he'd get the hell beaten yeah, out of him yeah. even though right so that's kind of who cleveland is to me this spread of 13 is very interesting because it's right there around that 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 big enough spread where you don't want to mess with but cleveland to me on the road in new england if they get down 
14, 17 points, they may just stop playing. And my mm-hmm. biggest factor in the handicap is Freddie Kitchens against Bill Belichick. Because even if you have teams, let's yes. say they're net-net the same, I think the coaching mismatch gives you a two-and-a-half-point advantage alone. Yeah. So I like New England in this spot, minus the 13, plus the over-under of 45-and-a-half says there's not going to be many points scored. And maybe I'm, I'm I'm bleeding this over from college football, but still, I mean, that's pretty average, actually, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty, especially for a New England game this season. But uh, thir- so with a 13 point spread, let's see here what the what that's real quick too. You make a good point, Tyler. Um, is it how is how is Cleveland going to react if they're down, you know, 10 points? Because you have to look at this too. Is fourth quarter usually becomes a pick'em, so. Well, it becomes well, a pick 'em if there's a, a blowout in one if way or blow- the other. Right. So 13 points is, is is close enough to that spread where you have to look at the third quarter. Uh, it, it sh- it's implying that New England will be up around 10 points. So if they're up 10 points going into the fourth quarter, how is how is Cleveland going to respond? And and are they going to give up a, a, that last fight? I don't know. Cleveland or uh, excuse me, New England's defense has been one of the best this year. I think the best this year, maybe the best last couple of years. That's underrated so far. No one's talking about this defense. Guess why? They don't have a Richard Sherman, right? Because he's loud, or anyone on the back end who's just gonna. They have a bunch of guys who do their job and they play very yeah. good defensive sound football. I kind of like under sixteen and a half here for for the Browns. Um, I, you know what? That's so funny you said that because the first thing I looked at in this game was how to attack it and I looked at uh Brown's team total. That's oh wow. Yeah. So and, but and and you mentioned that too because the only big name that I know on New England defense is is Stephen Gilmore and yeah, great cornerback. And then I saw a stat of um passer rating against a cornerback and it wasn't Stephen Gilmore was in the top 5, but it was the his counterpart really? was number 1. Wow. Yes. See, that's yes. what you need. Yes. All right, man. I don't have anything else to you. No. Great job today. Thanks so much for listening. Again, uh, give us a good rating or whatever you think we deserve. Give us a rating on iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, whatever you listen on. And, uh, yeah, Ryan, appreciate getting you in this week. We'll see what happens with that Denver game. It's going to be fun. Something tells Something's got to go my way. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll see. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.